Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. Today, we have part three of the history of Whittington. If you haven't been listening as we've been going through the story, hit pause right now and head back two episodes so that you'll be caught up, so you'll know all about the amazing adventure that Miss Puss and Richard Whittington have had so far. And now, with no further ado, here is part three of the history of Whittington. The king rejoiced greatly to see his old enemies destroyed by so small a creature, and the queen was highly pleased and desired the cat might be brought near that she might look at her, upon which the factor called Pussy, and she came to him. He then presented her to the queen, who started back and was afraid to touch a creature who had made such a havoc among the rats and mice. However, when the factor stroked the cat and called Pussy, Pussy, and the queen also touched her and cried, Putty, Putty, for she had not learned English. He then put her down on the queen's lap, where she, purring, played with her majesty's hand and then sang herself to sleep. The king, having seen the exploits of Miss Puss, and being informed that her kittens would stock the whole country, bargained with the captain and factor for the whole ship's cargo, and then gave them ten times as much for the cat as all the rest amounted to. On which, taking leave of their majesties and other great personages at court, they sailed with a fair wind for England, whither we must now attend them. The morn had scarcely dawned when Mr. Fitzwarren arose to count over the cash and settle the business for the day. He had just entered the counting-house and seated himself at his desk when someone came tap-tap at the door. "'Who's there?' said Mr. Fitzwarren. "'A friend,' answered the other. "'What friend can come at this unseasonable time?' "'A real friend is never unseasonable,' answered the other. I come to bring you good news of your ship Unicorn. The merchant bustled up in such a hurry that he forgot his gout, instantly opened the door, and who should be seen waiting but the captain and factor, with a cabinet of jewels and a bill of landing, for which the merchant lifted up his eyes and thanked heaven for sending him such a prosperous voyage. Then they told him the adventures of the cat, and showed him the cabinet of jewels which they had brought for Mr. Whittington upon which he cried out with great earnestness, but not in the most poetical manner. Go, send him in, and tell him of his fame, and call him Mr. Whittington by name. It is not our business to advise upon these lines. We are not critics, but historians. It is sufficient for us that they are the words of Mr. Fitzwarren, and though it is beside our purpose, and perhaps not in our power to prove him a good poet, we should soon convince the reader that he was a good man, which was a much better character. For when some who were present told him that this treasure was too much for a poor boy such as Whittington, he said, God forbid that I should deprive him of a penny. It is his own, and he shall have it to a farthing. 
He then ordered Mr. Whittington in, who was at this time cleaning the kitchen and would have excused himself from going into the counting-house, saying the room was swept and the shoes were dirty and full of hobnails. The merchant, however, made him come in, and ordered a chair to be set for him, upon which, thinking they intended to make sport of him, as had been too often the case in the kitchen, he besought his master not to mock a poor simple fellow who intended them no harm, but let him go about his business. The merchant, taking him by the hand, said, Indeed, Mr. Whittington, I am in earnest with you, and send for you to congratulate you on your great success. Your cat has procured you more money than I am worth in the world, and may you long enjoy it and be happy. At length, being shown the treasure and convinced by them that all of it belonged to him, he fell upon his knees and thanked the Almighty for this providential care of such a poor and miserable creature. He then laid all the treasure at his master's feet, who refused to take any part of it, but told him he heartily rejoiced at his prosperity and hoped the wealth he had acquired would be a comfort to him and would make him happy. He then applied to his mistress, and to his good friend Miss Alice, who refused to take any part of the money, but told him she heartily rejoiced at his good success, and wished him all imaginable felicity. He then gratified the captain, factor, and the ship's crew for the care they had taken of his cargo. He likewise distributed presents to all the servants in the house, not forgetting even his old enemy the cook, though she little deserved it. After this, Mr. Fitzwarren advised Mr. Whittington to send for the necessary people and dress himself like a gentleman, and made him the offer of his house to live in till he could provide himself with a better. Now it came to pass, when Mr. Whittington's face was washed, his hair curled, and he dressed in a rich suit of clothes, that he turned out a genteel young fellow, and as wealth contributes much to a man's confidence, he in a little time dropped that sheepish behavior which was principally occasioned by a depression of spirits, and soon grew a sprightly and good companion, insomuch that Miss Alice, who had formerly pitied him, now fell in love with him. When her father perceived that they had his good liking for each other, he proposed a match between them, to which both parties cheerfully consented, and the Lord Mayor, Court of Aldermen, Sheriffs, and a company of stationers, the Royal Academy Arts, and a number of eminent merchants attended the ceremony, and were elegantly treated at an entertainment made for that purpose. History further relates that they lived very happily, had several children, and died at a good old age. Mr. Whittington served Sheriff of London and was three times Lord Mayor. In the last year of his mayoralty, he entertained King Henry V and his Queen after his conquest of France, upon which occasion the King, in consideration of Whittington's merit, said, Never had Prince such a subject. Which being told to Whittington at the table, he replied, Never had subject such a king. His Majesty, out of respect to his good character, conferred the honor of knighthood on him soon after. Sir Richard, many years before his death, constantly fed a great number of poor citizens, built a church and a college to it, with a yearly allowance for poor scholars, and near it erected a hospital. He also built Newgate for criminals, and gave liberally to St. Bartholomew's Hospital and other public charities. And that is the not-so-true history of Whittington. Like I said, it is my second favorite type of tale, these pseudo-histories, 
quite filled with propaganda, for Dick Whittington was a real man. He was three times mayor of London, but none of the rest of it is actually true. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on threads and Instagram at Folktale Project, and you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.